from Courtside the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 385. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host and fellow team member is Derek. You know him in the forum as Deeper3, and he's also Deeper384 on Twitter. Happy to be here again. Uh, Ray Allen and Larry Bird teaming up. That's, that's a lethal combination from the outside. It really is, and we kind of needed it in order to complete that gold challenge on NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Uh, Andrew uploaded the video to YouTube and then also uploaded the video to Twitter, the condensed version. And uh, basically, uh, I was on Ray Allen, he was on Larry Bird, and we had to complete the gold challenge against the Golden State Warriors, which basically discouraged dunking. Mm. Like It was like, if you get a dunk, it's going to be one point worth one point but if you hit a three it's going to be worth four points and if you hit a two like a layup or a mid-ranger it's going to be three points so rather appropriate for us to unlock larry bird and team up ray allen and larry bird which in real life would be quite the lethal combination as well oh no no question and you, you can see why i love on fire edition so much i mean it is very difficult the challenge is sometimes quite unfair and and it's a little bit difficult when there's a bit of lag because we're still playing over parsec and i've yet to do a few upgrades that i've been meaning to do and i'm preparing to do in fact in the uh, the next few days hopefully and but but what what a crazy thing to do i mean parsec has been such a a blast for us anyway playing pc games together playing emulators on pc together but to connect your xbox one uh, an xbox 360 game a digital Xbox 360 game on Xbox One, connected to PC, connected to Australia via Parsec. That's incredible. And look how great it looked. But it is wild. So the Xbox One um, companion app for PC, I installed that, and I connected it to my account on my Xbox One and put it in full screen. You and I connect on Parsec, and we're playing Xbox One like it's an like it's the servers are up, right? And it's it, like servers are up, and it's wild. And Parsec has just been so amazing, and to, the opportunities are now endless if you really think about it. Because if you and I wanted to revisit, and this is good for some of your articles too, like if you needed to revisit a game and you wanted somebody else to jump on the sticks with you, you and I could play NBA Live 15, NBA Live 16, 18, 19, etc., Live 14 at any time, any time we want against each other or on the same team, and we can record the highlights, share them with the community, we can connect with other people. I'm also, I'm just blown away by uh, how well it worked, too, and how well it looked on your end. Like you said, it looked crisp. I, I mean, there's, there's apparently some other things you can do if you get the right uh, peripherals. You can actually control other consoles, including uh, PlayStation, I believe, from your PC via Parsec. That requires, again, a bit more hardware, a bit more uh, technical uh, filling around to set that all up. This is great for what it is, and On Fire Edition is a game that we've been wanting to play, especially with Jam 10 being a being a fun time, but On Fire Edition does have its benefits. Uh, the road trip is a lot of fun. Uh, once you do get to those goal challenges, they are very difficult, but they also a lot of the times change things up with those ideas. Like you said, the rain modifier changing the threes to fours and twos to threes and dunks and layups, uh, sort of rather dunks and alley-oops to one point. So it, it becomes strategic there, and the way the, the game can swing back and forth because we had some big leads and then all of a sudden they hit a couple of threes, a.k.a. fours, and now that's an eight-point swing instead of a six-point swing. And even though that's only two points more, you really do feel it, and it really does catch up so much quicker or pull ahead 
and we, we had some frustration with it, obviously, and some of that was when the connection was getting a little bit, a little bit clunky. It was starting to chug a bit there, but no, for the most part, it was working really well, and, and it was more than playable, which has been the, the the general line with with Parsec is that even when it hasn't been great, we've we found games that are playable, and that's another one. Absolutely, uh, like I said about Road Trip, uh, it's the same reason why I got really immersed in into NBA the original NBA Playgrounds map mode. Like the, um, the uh, I don't even, what do they call it in Playgrounds? Uh, tournaments, the, the, the tournaments. The, it's just the tournaments, yeah. But, you know, where it was like, now you're going to play against two big guys and you can only dunk. Like, it's 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 dunks. That's how you're, you, the only way you're allowed to score in this game. Or it's, now you can, you know, you have to win with threes. So you select your players um, to accommodate that challenge and whatnot. And the same reason that I'm loving Road Trip is the same reason that I loved the original NBA Playgrounds tournaments. And it's really enjoyable. And the good thing about the Road Trip is there's a lot more content on that than the uh, original NBA Playgrounds. Like we're going to be able to play for more hours, basically. Exactly. During that. And it's more challenging. And it's, um, it's better original, than the classic campaign as well in Jam 2010. As I said last week, that does get a bit dry. It's it's traditional and it's nice. And also, you're not locked to a team. You can, as you say, you can pick and choose whichever team you need, including the super teams. We need to get to level 10 to unlock some of those, but we'll get there. You can pick and choose those squads for different games. Playing, winning with uh, a certain number of games with a team will also unlock other bonuses, mostly the profile pictures and tiles and things like that. So. No, it's not all exciting. Leveling up to the different levels is what gets the, the uh, is what gets you to the really good unlockables, obviously. But yeah, it, it's just uh, it's just a lot of fun on Fire Edition. I, I, I do love that game. It is probably my favorite uh, all time favorite arcade game. Tournament edition of Jam is up there. The original NBA Jam tournament edition is uh, definitely up there for me. And I do also love NBA Street uh, Volume Two, and, and I, I, I enjoy Home Court more than you do, as I've said before. But no, uh, on Fire Edition is is one of the one of the last truly great arcade games. I feel. I mean, Playgrounds has its moments, but it, it's it's not quite there. It's not. It's it's not as good a pace. It's not as good control, um, and the AI is just really fun to play, in my opinion, on on Fire Edition. And I really like the challenge. I want to point out though, my brother and I have been um, not only revisiting NBA Street Volume Two, but we're beating it again. So we are using the Timberwolves. And he, because my brother is a giant Kevin Garnett fan, just a huge Kevin Garnett fan. And he's using Kevin Garnett. I'm using Terrell Brandon, and we're playing with Joe Smith, who helps out more than you would think um, at that point. And we beat one of the divisions last night and then beat the Legends um, team. And now we moved on to the Central Division, and we beat the Bulls last night with Jay Williams. And that was really nice, blocking Jay Williams at the rim and all of that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it's NBA street volume two. I would have to say is my favorite arcade basketball game of all time. And I'd say on fire edition is right up there as well because I really enjoy it. Um, but it's really fun to revisit these games. That's why, like I said, I'm not that disappointed that NBA 2k 22 isn't going to be next gen on PC because if I'm disappointed in it and if I'm disappointed in the console version, even of NBA 2k 22 on next gen, I have so many classic games I can play and that I enjoy. And then at the same time, I can, connect, I can now connect with people all over the world and play them. It's pretty Exa- wild. Exactly. And I'm in the same boat with my uh, sizable collection, <laughs> obviously. 
and I, I, don't, I want to phrase this carefully because it's it's I don't want to sound condescending with it, but I do kind of feel sorry for people who can't go back, and, and not everybody can as we as we can. We're we're kind of crazy like that, you know. I'll, I'll be self-deprecating <laughs> to that extent, but if you can't play an older game, even if it's just a game from the last few years, if you have to play the latest game, perhaps because you are an online gamer or you're my team gamer, you need that fresh content. It's it's unfortunate if that's all you can play because if the current game or the new game is not up to scratch, if, if it's a disappointment, then you're stuck with it and then you it's difficult for you to go back and, and enjoy something about an old game. Uh, if you can go back, as we've said before, absolutely recommend it because it's, it's even good for just a break. You know, I've been playing a lot of NBA Live 10. Obviously, I've been with you. I've been playing a lot of solo games recently, just doing a bit of uh, achievement hunting, so to speak, because I, I had a few challenges that i hadn't uh, tried i've uh, i've got the uh, three blocks with uh, dwight howard don't know how i never got that back in the day because it is just three blocks although it is harder when you actually start to try and go for stats and especially blocks sometimes uh 58 points with a rookie 81 points with kobe that was a fun one uh 100 points uh in a game which i ended up getting with tony parker in the middle of getting a 55 point game with him 55 with that's, uh, a, che- that's a cheese fest that's got to be a cheese fest 100 points with tony parker oh yeah it, I mean, it's a few threes and free throws but there was a lot of um a lot of just drives and <laughs> and floaters uh just a lot of shots with him kobe's 81 was much more efficient uh, 55 with Dwayne Wade, uh, six threes with Dwayne Wade, 55 with Kobe against the Knicks. Uh, the 81 points had to be against the Raptors, of course. A triple-double, which of all players I got with Rashad Lewis. Fine player, but not sort of one of my favorites, but I just happened to be playing a game with the Magic, and he was racking up rebounds and assists and, and points, so I just went for it and got it. Uh, so I unlocked about 10 achievements or so in, in the past uh, week uh, to get them up. Most of the achievements that I have left are the really ridiculous ones, uh, including 27 rebounds with Marcus Camby against the Bulls. Uh, getting that even on 12-minute quarters, it, you've got to be so lucky to get that. Uh, 10 steals with Brandon Roy. Uh, what else? Uh, 10 blocks with Dwight Howard. Getting three was was tough enough. Uh, beating the Kings, or rather beating the Lakers with the Kings on Superstar difficulty, man, that's tough because Superstar in NBA Live 10 is is unfair, basically. Yeah, because they can do a lot of things that you can't. Exactly. It's like you're completely handicapped. Yeah. I played it um, against the computer with my brother watching, and I ended up winning. Um, I can't remember the two teams that we were using, um, but they really basically drives that you get blocked off of constantly, like where you do a drive and you feel like you have space and they force you into that uh, that multiple adjustment shot. Um that was happening constantly, but then down the other end, I could be in the same space and covering actually better, and they're just making those constantly. Meanwhile, I'm missing them on the other end. Uh, yeah, it, it is a little bit frustrating, a little un- unfair. It reminds me of NBA 2K My Team, where it, the computer seems to be playing by different physics and rules. Yeah, it, uh, it really is. I mean, it's it's knocking me, it's mugging me in the lane, man. It's knocking me down on three pointers. It's not getting calls. It's getting every call at the other end. It's it, and of course, again, I'm the Kings going up against the Lakers, so I'm already at a disadvantage. I'm missing wide open shots. They're making contested shots. I'm turning the ball over on passes that I should be making, losing the ball while they're just slicing through double teams. It, it's kind of like play fair, 
and even to this day, the harder difficulty levels in basketball games. Look, if you can beat the CPU on those on those harder levels, like Hall of Fame, constantly, uh, I take my hat off to you. I mean, it's a bit easier with some of the mechanics in modern games because if you can time your shot properly, you can green them and make them. Whereas back in the day, the dice roll it could just really rig that dice roll against you. But yeah, if if you've got that achievement, uh, what is it, um, David versus Goliath, I believe in NBA Live Ten. Uh, I do tip my hat to you because, yeah, Superstar is in no way fair in that game, and, and that's already a, such a huge disadvantage yeah. with the Kings and the Lakers already. I, I, actually, I want to see how it goes. I should edit the rosters and just give the Lakers a bunch of crappy players and just and just see if, it's, if it still dominates with those players. Maybe some horrible caps, some horrible creative players that are all 50 overall, and just to see if it will still dominate, just to see just how cheesy it is. Well, a few things. Uh, one, we got to get a game of Live 10 this week. Hopefully, maybe after you upgrade um, some of your components and whatnot. Um, I just want to make a couple of points. Parsec uh, makes it so even if you have an average PC, an average internet connection, oftentimes you can connect with people who own these games and still get to enjoy them. So keep that in mind for those people who are like, well, I don't have a great PC or I don't have a super internet connection um, and I don't have these games. How am I going to participate? Well, all you need is the host to have those games Mm -hmm. and you can play them. Uh, so connect with people in the in the, in the community. Even if you're on a laptop, even if you're on a Wi-Fi connection, give it a try. As I did, as I said, you know, and I, we posted the highlights. Sticky Fingers was on a Wi-Fi connection, and he was the host even. And I connected to him, and we had a great game, and it worked really well on my end. So just keep that in mind. Number two, one thing that I wanted to bring up before we get to the meat of the podcast, like all the news and whatnot. Last thing I want to bring up about On Fire Edition for NBA Jam. I love the unlocking system and the reward system in that game. That's great. It makes so much sense. I love the portraits of the players that you can unlock. Um, You know, like when we unlocked Larry Bird. I think the pricing of the players um, for your rewards is incredibly fair. I love how there's the team unlock to go with the player unlock. And uh, I love the presentation and whatnot on fire edition is such a, a gem and almost in a way a hidden gem at this point because not enough people talk about it um i don't care if it's over a decade old people still should be talking about it because it, it is really a great game no no argument at all and look I'll, I'll still say the same about nba live 10 it's been great to revisit that along with on fire edition and nba jam 10 uh doing these achievements uh, trying to get those old achievements has been a a fun change of pace, recorded some footage as well. I need to cut some of those up and send along some of the highlights to you for the top 10, which is, once again, always uh, great to, to see each and every week. Uh, a couple of them really take some setting up. I mentioned the 10 steals with Brendan Roy, but there's there's one that I got just before we started recording tonight, actually. It's it's ice, uh, ice water. It's where you win in overtime against the CPU. So I was, in two-minute quarters just trying to balance the scores and like keep the cause, the scores close and make sure that I, that I forced an overtime first of all and then win in overtime just to get this uh, this achievement another one game over in a flash based on Dwayne Wade's running three-pointer and double overtime against the Bulls back in the day you have to do that hit a buzzer beater with Dwayne Wade in double overtime in a single solo game now that might happen organically but if you're going to try and set that up that is some incredible game management if you want to go for that achievement. Yeah, it's it's not really playing. It's playing the game for that as opposed to just playing the game. And that's I think that could get a little bit frustrating, but I see I get the point of the challenge. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, it's, but some of them definitely, yeah. they're not as viable unless you mess around with the sliders or the rosters or 
or or again really trying to control the game with the overtimes but it's fun the the rest of them most of the rest of them are also things like adidas live run which obviously is no longer available so I'll, i'll never get those achievements no one will but yeah getting the others has been very satisfying so it's it's been fun to take a break from from NBA 2K21. As I've said, spent a lot of time with that this year. Had some fun with it, my team, and even a bit of my career. Occasional online game, uh, some other just playing exhibition games as well. But yeah, it, as I've said, such a refreshing uh, change of pace. Re- that's that's been my retro kick. Obviously, Live 10 kind of games around that era. So I, I don't know what it is, but that 2009 to 2011 has, has been my retro kick right now. Yeah, a lot of great games around that time. i got to say one more thing about On Fire Edition because we've been playing it so much lately. People, if you haven't played this game, one of the most aesthetically pleasing things about the game is the signature shots. Larry Bird's shot looks unbelievable in that game, and it feels even better to shoot. And if you're, we went against Chris Mullen, and Chris Mullen's signature shot is so on point. It's, no, it's so much better than what NBA 2K is putting out now. It's not even funny. Like the way he's holding the ball and he's pushing the ball, it looks just like Chris Mullen's shot. And what an amazing thing for a game that's over a decade old to have those shots be so spot on. And not only so spot on, but in an arcade game. I was going to say, For them to put that attention to detail in an arcade, fun, guys jumping 20 feet up in the air to dunk game. You, you put that much work into the signature shots. It's just really cool. I, it makes me want to unlock more players so I can see their shots and use them and whatnot. So I, I feel like I may have encouraged you to get on Fire Edition at some point in the, in the uh, recent past. You did, because I was playing more NBA Jam 2010. And the only reason why I'm playing on NBA on Fire Edition now is because you and I were able to connect. So we can thank Parsec for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but, but have I repaid yeah. a favor for Garfield Kart? Have I repaid the favor for that? I mean... It's not life-changing, never, but... Yeah, no, yeah. I changed... Yeah, yeah, if you really think about it, I changed your life. In fact, if I if I remember correctly, you're now back into doing a lot of things you weren't doing before. Your passion has been rekindled. So, yeah, no, you'll never repay me, to be honest. And yet my hatred for Mondays has just increased. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's been our week in basketball gaming. Always great to catch up on what we've been doing, and we'll be definitely playing more of Parsec, and I'm sure some solo efforts on my part and of course playing with your brothers that you'll be doing but we turn our attention to this week's uh, news in basketball gaming which is our first real look at nba 2k22 we have some screenshots of three of the cover players uh, luka Doncic, dirk nowitzki and candace parker uh, we've got a few few preliminary preview notes uh, we, we also have a basic outline of when we can expect some of the developer blogs uh, in august and early september it's a very short preview season but that's the way it goes there's some interesting news that we can look at, some interesting points that they've mentioned, teasers of information to come, and of course the screenshots have given us that look at the game in action. Uh, Sweat is there, obviously, because that's how we that's how we identify next-gen these days. But uh, yes, indeed, there is some sweat. But yeah, it, it is nice that they actually put out a little bit of a teaser, Derek, just to give us an idea of when some of these blogs are coming out and, and something to sink our teeth into uh, in late July. Yeah, it's late. It's it's so late, and um, I don't think that's really fair, uh, you know, how late some of this stuff is coming in. But at the same time, I, 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 like I said, I, I know they're going to use it for the 10-11 Nowitzki, which isn't accurate, but that new Dirk Nowitzki cyberface that they posted is the best Dirk Nowitzki fa- cyberface they have ever had. Easily. For Dirk, and for any version. Um, and I hope that 
they give him the proper attention for the 0203 and 1011 versions, even though I have a feeling 1011 is just going to be that one. Um, the Dontrich, I'm not sure about. They looks a little bit too chubby in the face. Uh, I'm not sure about the features. His eyes look a little bit too small. Uh, the Candace Parker, as far as the graphics go, I don't see a really big improvement over 2K21 for that. In fact, somebody did a side-by-side, and it's questionable if it's better. Um, than the 2K21 version, but it is good that she got that promotion. Um, the WNBA got that promotion with the screenshot, and also that she's the GameStop exclusive cover. Um, as far as the information we received, which you're going to go over in a second, um, nothing earth-shattering, but something that you didn't expect happened um, as far as one of the announcements, and uh, I'll let you get into that. No, absolutely, and I'd just like to agree that that Dirk is easily one of the best Dirks we've ever seen, if not the best. And the strange thing about Dirk in basketball video games is that no, no game has really got his face right to this to this point. It's he's probably always had one of the worst faces in games. It's not like he's a particularly unusual looking gentleman. So it's it's kind of and look, I can't make faces. I can't make cyber faces, models, or textures or anything else. It's not my forte with modding. I've always been rosters and sort of flat textures, logos, that kind of guy. But it's never been right, NBA Live or NBA 2K. I think NBA Live's had some better ones over the years, but 2K has always been pretty off. The hair has never looked right. It's, it's always kind of been glowing and, and not really quite the right style, and, and the face doesn't look right either, but they nailed it, and it's about time. If he's going to be your 75th anniversary cover player, or one of them, as we said, Durant and Kareem being the other two of that edition, then you've, you've got to get it right. Modders struggle with him too. Like, mm. let's be honest, there's, there's some it, of the most talented modders I've seen make, you know, they've tried to make Dirk Nowitzki and they've struggled mightily. In fact, I'll be honest with you, the best Dirk Nowitzki cyber faces I've ever seen are actually of the youngest Dirk, where he was like the, the late 90s Dirk, where he had, um, in, in super early 2000s Dirk, like 99, 2000, where he has that blonde, really short blonde hair, the spiky hair with the, um, with it kind of shaved, mostly shaved on the sides. That's usually the best cyber phases of Dirk that I've seen. But as far as like trying to make the shaggy-looking Dirk from the early mid two thousands, or the MVP Dirk, or um, the ten eleven Dirk and whatnot, the community struggles making him as well. So it is very interesting. He's one of those players. Another guy that for years the community struggled in making, but they ended up getting better at it was Rasheed Wallace. Um, but yeah, Dirk's always been one of those guys that the community always struggled a little bit with. Well, we know who has a great, which game has a great Rashid Wallace is NBA Live 10. He looks amazing in that game. Yeah, he does. He does. There's there's some video games that have knocked it out of the park with guys like Rashid Wallace. And, and we went through the cyber faces on NBA Live 10, and we were just thoroughly impressed with so many of them. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Like the Kevin Garnett and, and whatnot. Uh, they did a really good job. It's just really too bad what happened with NBA Live. It really is, and... I'll be getting into that in an article this week. I'm sure we'll be touching on it later on the show as well. Uh, so moving on to the news that we got with NBA 2K22, just a bit of an outline of some of the uh, gameplay and mode improvements. Not a lot of detail, but enough to get people talking, I suppose. They mentioned, and, and I'll just read off some of my, my recap here that I posted on the main page here. Uh, offensive gameplay will be more skill-based, from breaking down defenders with new signature moves to making precise jump shots and finishing dunks and alley-oops. Overall, there's more emphasis on basketball IQ and stick skills. 
Now, I see that, Derek, and that always sounds good. Uh, we have heard it before. Uh, so I, I take it with a grain of salt, but if they have achieved that, as always, and I've said it before, if they've moved closer to that, great. But unfortunately, there's a tendency with those changes, because again, they've promised skill-based gameplay so many times in the past, and they've they've kind of got there. But then the cheeses online complain, they end up acquiescing to those cheeses, and we go back to square one. Or certainly we get less of a improvement than we should have. We've heard this so many times before, it sounds very robotic. I want people to go back and read the NBA 2K17 blog, um, where they actually came through on 2K17 with this. But they in the 2K17 blog, Mike Wang um, says specifically that the, the entire emphasis was to make it skill-based, to have that skill gap to make skill more important than ever. And that's back in 2K17. Um, We've been hearing this stuff for years. Uh, And if anything, the most recent versions of 2K, 2K20 and 2K21 might be the least skill-based versions of, and the least skill gap versions of NBA 2K in like a decade, if we're being completely honest, because we've talked about all the defensive AI lapses, um, all the cheese, um, all the um, overpowering contact dunks, uh, et cetera. The, it's just what ends up happening, what, what seems to end up happening is, is they've actually gone away from it being realistic and skill-based, and they, even though their blogs say otherwise. Um, and at the same time, they've made it this overpowering kind of cheese fest unfortunately but yeah i'm not i'm not looking too much into that because i have to get my hands on the sticks because i don't know what to believe anymore and of course we won't be getting a demo to do that right exactly and i mean i like i said i already pre-ordered it and i will be playing it on both the console and the pc um because i'm a collector and we always get them every year and we the, the assets are important and all of that stuff but yeah i mean i'm not putting any stock into what they say with stuff like that because that's marketing that's the way I look at it. And like you said, robotic, repetitive, we, we've heard it before, unfortunately. And people do, unfortunately, have very short memories and attention spans these days. And, of course, we want the games to be good, so I understand going in there with optimism. I wish I could have less cynicism sometimes and more optimism, but unfortunately I've been covering games for a long time and playing them as well, and I've <laughs> seen games go up and down in quality and a lot of promises being made and broken. And, and we have heard, as you say, these almost these exact words time and time again yeah i i what i don't like is the fact that we know what they're doing they're they're doing this to market but then to get as many pre-orders as possible and whatnot and i understand that as a business but at some point it just feels like they're taking advantage of people you know what i mean mm, and yep. with their words with the actions with the delay um with the everything being last minute and now obviously not having the demo out and all of that stuff yeah i just I don't know. I just don't understand how people think that this could be the best time and whatnot for everything when we have the least options in basketball gaming as possible. Now we're not even getting a demo of it for NBA 2K. Uh, and we we don't have arcade basketball games, um, viable ar- arcade basketball games being made um, in the basketball gaming space and whatnot. Uh, it, this, like you had said so many times, this feels like it should be the golden age, and it's not. No, so. and it's a, it's a shame. Technology's never been better, more accessible, so it, it is a shame, but it is what it is, as we've said so many times before. And uh, speaking of things that have been said before, uh, defensively, the shot contest and blocking system has been revamped. Playing defense will reportedly be more rewarding. And 
again, if it pans out, I'm, I'm all for that because defense has been a bit lackluster in recent games. Defensive AI of teammates, if you are playing solo or, or even if you're playing uh, player locked uh, in my career, then you really are relying on your teammate AI to be smart, to be helpful, to, to play like it's a... Well, I mean, we can make jokes about no defense in the, in the modern NBA as we've done before, but yes, it, not to that extent, not to the extent. And again, it's it's great if, if they come through on it and, and maybe they will and hopefully they will, but we've heard that before too. One of the biggest things that needs to improve in NBA 2K is defensive AI um, being smart. That's right, I, it's smart AI. Um you know, playing the right way, cutting off those wide drives, um, reacting realistic to the action, to the offensive action, uh, et cetera, and working together, but also how you get rewarded for defense. Um, you know, how frustrating is it trying to get steals in the new NBA 2Ks when they're just grabbing the offensive player, right? Oh, the, the, like, can, the can moments, it, yeah. The can moments. It feels like there's hardly ever a realistic steal. It feels like any steal you get is canned. Um, when you can get it on the ball and otherwise you're like tackling the player or like pushing them or something like that. Um, defense needs to be um, defensive AI needs to be revamped um, to be realistic. Uh, and the, the control of when you're using the player uh, needs to be um, att- um, tended to as well. It needs to be fun, reactive and realistic. And they, they haven't achieved that. I agree. And steals are, are very frustrating that when, when you just tap it once at a, at a pretty pretty well-timed moment, but as you said, suddenly you're wrapping up the offensive player, the ball handler, and just slapping wildly and, and fouling them. If you were spamming the steal button, then it would make sense because it's your error and you're being too aggressive with it. But you're just trying to time it and it's just triggering on a, on a dice roll this foul animation, this canned moment. And it, it's so frustrating because... you People talk about skill-based and get good and everything else, but when we're still relying so much on these canned moments, and I know that live ball physics aren't uh, as easy to accomplish and everything else along those lines, but something's got to be done because it feels very false. We can see the strings. Exactly, and it's not just about being able to see the strings. It's that it it's that you don't have a you don't have control over the strings does that make sense like we can see it like listen there's going to be there's going to be a dunk that that the game triggers that you had not planned to do right there's going to be a draw there you're going to do a move at the hoop like a 360 layup that the game just triggers and you didn't do it and you're like oh my god this is this is unbelievable right or there's going to be a play where you drive in and you finish on the incorrect side of the rim that you didn't choose to finish on and you get blocked like that stuff like we we can see the strings like we know that that stuff is going to happen but the volume in which it happens and the lack of control over um the on-court action is the big red flag so um it's being able to understand that yes there's going to be those canned moments and there's going to be those animations that are triggered that you don't plan to but you still need to be able to have a semblance of control during the process and and i feel like they haven't found that right balance i feel like they found that balance with 2k16 2k17 2k15 i do i I, I agree Um, and and they they hid the working they they hid the hid the strings they hid the that that uh, the process better smoke and mirrors, if you will, if I if if I can uh, mix metaphors here, but that's what they were doing at the time, and really, 
it felt organic, even though under the hood it wasn't as organic. It, it has to be predetermined to a certain extent, but they they did a good job with the smoke and mirrors, so to speak, of hiding the strings, hiding the mechanics, uh, and and making it feel more organic. I agree, one hundred percent. So that's all we have for gameplay so far. Those gameplay blogs will be coming in August. Uh, there'll be a the seasons approach returns in my team. I really like the Seasons Approach, Derek, in uh, 2K21. I wrote an article about it. I thought it was a really good move. It kept things fresh throughout the year. It meant that some of the rewards in uh, Triple Threat Offline and Triple Threat uh, Online were changing with the season, so you, you weren't stuck with a, a card that was completely outdated because it was put up there as the reward for winning 500 games or 1,000 games at the beginning of the year. But by the, if you ever got there by the end of the year, that card was no longer <laughs> worth having. And some of the things that they did with the daily challenges and other other things like that with the season agenda were that they were a lot of fun, and and they challenged you to use different players, and I really like that because traditionally in my team and even Ultimate Team as well, once you got the lineup you liked, you just used that or or used the three plays in the three on three modes or the, the the complete lineups in in the five on five modes. Once you got your your team, you played with them. But when you have different challenges that that uh, require you to score score so many points with a certain player or use players from this team, it gives you a reason to collect. It gives you a reason to use different players that you would otherwise just sit in your collection. Of course, there's also that aspect of forcing you or strongly encouraging you, shall I say, to acquire cards, which they hope means ripping open pack after pack that you're buying them and hopefully with real money to do that. But you can get them in the auction house, uh, depending how you work that. So there is that side of it. There's always going to be that side to it because my team is a moneymaker. But the season's approach was really good. And you mentioned last week that you were looking to get into my team again this year in 2K22. Uh, so I, I think you'll enjoy that season's approach. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, again, the game has to play right by default. It can't feel sluggish. It's got to be a fun experience for me to even do this. So um, we'll see. If the game is fun, then I will jump in. Uh, I think that it's still something that is part of the future of gaming, that they need to get my team to be two players. That'd be great. Multiplayer somehow, where you and I could jump on and you know go through that season together, like me playing with you, um, whether it be locking on a player or us not locking at all, and um, experiencing that together, or at least another portion of my team where at least I can do some of the challenges with you right or vice versa or with my brother or something like that so um there's certain things that would make me go to that mode more uh, but the biggest thing is for nba 2k22 is the game just has to play well by default because we can't adjust those sliders and whatnot in that mode so fingers crossed that it actually plays well absolutely and, and you know it, it would be great to team up and play those challenges even if there was local multiplayer you could play that with your brothers for example it's weird that they haven't done that yet but i suppose again it comes down to looking at it as that single-player collection mode and, and not wanting to cheese the system. But again, pl having played on Fire Edition, I even back in the day, you could play a friend on, on you know, console to console back in the day, you could play multiplayer Road Trip. You look at some of the current games and, and wish that you could do some of the same things with their campaign modes, like in my team. Yeah, and see, the thing is, is with something like Parsec, um, even if it was only local multiplayer that they added, you and I could still connect right yeah that would be really cool i i, I would honestly I'll, I'll be completely honest with you that would be the ultimate motivator for me mm. to play like not only that think about how much content we would upload 
Like oh, I would sure. upload those challenges to YouTube. I'd be sending you those videos and editing them and all of that stuff. Um, it would be good promotion for 2K and whatnot. Um, you know, we're making things work the way we are with Parsec and whatnot with the other games. Um, but it would be nice also to be able to connect appropriately um, on the newer game releases as well in those ty- in that type of capacity. Because if you really think about it, what we're doing and unlocking players and doing that stuff on on fire edition, like putting Ray Allen with Larry bird is kind of like my team, right? Yeah. Because what it is, is it's, it's building our team and taking on challenges and everything. Uh, so yeah, it would be really nice to be able to do that with the newer two K's or newer basketball games in general. Incidentally, the season's approach is also going to apply to my career this year. So there's going to be different events. There's always been events uh, since they in- introduced the, the neighborhood and so forth. They've had events and, and different things that you can participate in. Some of them were non-basketball, like they had dodgeball for a year there, which was kind of weird, but if you won, you could get some VC, but then that, that also glitched out some time to time, so that's the way that goes. But there's going to be seasons, similar to my team, that will offer uh, different ways to upgrade your player badges and earn VC to upgrade the attributes. Look, there's a lot of things I can go into with my career and how much of it's, it shouldn't be as much of a grind as it is, and how it needs more balance, but I mean, in theory, once again, that that's a that's a fine idea, and the seasons approach works so well in my team. I am interested to see how well it's going to work in in both my career and uh, and also the W where it's going to be on next gen as well. So th- there'll be something. It's about keeping the game fresh, and I do like that they're doing that. I know there's controversy with the the live service model and whatnot, but when it works out very well, and when it's fair enough that you don't have to pay, and you certainly can do a no money spent in 2K, but it will take a bit more grinding. Maybe it won't be as grindy with some of these events. So, I mean, it, it would be uncharacteristically generous of 2K to do that, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that even have the time to grind, um, like they have the time to grind, they get all of that promotion to be able to, you know, like the gambling mechanics, they, they get all that promotion to be able to jump ahead and progress further faster. So they'll put in the money and 2K knows that. So even the people that do have time to grind um, will do that. And those people want to be able to compete from the get-go and not be looked at as a scrub, right? So even if they do have the time later on to grind um, and, you know, maybe their life situation accommodates that, how many kids do you think want to spend all of that time, maybe a month, a couple months, three months, to do that grinding as opposed to just spending the extra money and progressing and doing well right away. Exactly. Correct? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that's next gen. Uh, the current gen of my career as well will also have uh, special events. In fact, the current gen's neighborhood is now situated on a cruise ship, so that is something different. That We had 2K Beach last year, and now we have the... Now we're at sea. We were seaside, and now we're at sea with uh, with the cruise ship. Uh, during the seasons, the ship will dock at uh, different places, and that will represent special events. Again, the same kind of thing. Cool if it works out, and it's a it's a something different with the presentation, of course. It's but yeah, that's kind of out there having a cruise, Derek. I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> not I'm your too thing. Old I know. Yeah. Not, uh, not, I don't know if I'm old, too old school or not. But what the hell does this have to do with basketball? I just, I get, I, I'm, I'm, I listen to all this stuff every year and I watch these people upload these videos of them skateboarding to courts and, and doing, you know, like I said, playing with backpacks and all of that stuff. And I'm just looking at this. I'm like, how far much further are we going to get away from basketball with this stuff? Why is this in the game? Uh, I guess I see the marketing 
portion of it and that you know they want to be people to spend more time on the games and they want people to look outside of just basketball and look at the fashion side of it and the artistic side of it um as far as like your fits and you know the way you go to different places and the bling do people still say bling well, i'm gonna say it possibly bling <laughs> all of that stuff um but yeah i just i i'm looking at this stuff and i'm just like this doesn't interest me at all i see the, i see why it's there but i'm like why is this in here so i'm just gonna hold i'll just i'll just say that i like the idea of having different vistas different settings it's 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 creative i'm always for that i mean you look at things like the hangar and the temple and I mean, they, they don't really impact the gameplay that much. They are just practice arenas, but it, it's it's creative, and I appreciate that. But it's out there. That's it, different. That, like you said, that's a practice. They're playing. True. Like you're yeah. you're being dropped onto a basketball court in your basketball jersey or warm ups, and you have a basketball and you're playing. So like it's a, like that's a little bit different. Or hey, look, they they have a beach setting in one of the arcade games and playgrounds. But yeah, we're still we're jumping into a game and we're playing on the beach, right? Kind of like what we did, you know, when gr- growing up and everything, we would be, it was York Beach for us here. Um, you say, hey, you want to go down to York Beach and play? And we'd hop in our car and we'd go to, um, to York Beach and we would, you know, get a few hours of runs in and whatnot. Sure. Um, it still revolved around basketball, right? It's still mostly about basketball and, and whatnot. So I don't know. It just feels weird to have all of this stuff in an NBA game. Uh, it's, it's not my cup of tea. No, that's fair enough, and I completely see where you're coming from, and I tend to agree for the most part. But I, I will say if they want that realistic cruise experience, then my players need to randomly get uh, seasick and sick from food and sunburnt. And uh, now, now I'm just thinking how much uh, how much VC that uh, sunblock sunscreen is going to cost. But uh, nevertheless, that's uh, what current gen has got planned. Uh, as far as my career on current gen versus next gen. Current gen is going to be very similar to previous years with a cinematic story, just goes through and then goes gets into the NBA as before. The city and my career in next gen is apparently the wall's been broken down, that's how they're putting it. It's been redesigned, there's new quest systems and new NPCs, opportunities for side ventures. I saw a tweet earlier that was mentioning something about a rap career. So again, this is going very much past basketball, Derek, which I mean if it earns VC and if it's fun to do, whatever. I'm moving more away, more and more away from my career, so it's it's probably not going to bother me, but it certainly I'd like it to be as good as it can be for people who still want to play it, and for me, if I want to jump back into it, of course. But it, it sounds like what current gen, or next gen rather, they're taking really more of the open world approach that the neighborhood and the city has tried to be so far, but instead of having that cinematic story and then going to the city, you're going to be put in the city to begin with. They've gotten rid of Rookieville. They said it was a good experiment, that's a very positive spin on a very bad idea. It was not a good experiment. It had <laughs> glaring flaws with the concept that they that they finally fixed with the latest patch when they added that CPU player to the one-on-one courts. But they've gotten rid of Rookieville. You jump into the city. You'll be going around the city, and, and you'll be creating your own story. Can't really like an open-world game, it sounds like, which I, I appreciate the effort, and, and it's maybe better than having to be stuck with that story, uh, that story on rails from my career. But like you say, Derek, it's really moving away from basketball. I'm going to say a couple things. Uh, first off, um, I, I still don't believe RPG mechanics belong in a hoop game. I just don't. I don't think RP. I don't think open world RPG mechanics are great for 
an NBA basketball game or a hoop game in general, et cetera. So I'll just throw that out there. Uh, second off, it does sound like some of the things that they're doing is a good thing related to getting rid of some of the cheesy cinematic stuff, some of the um, some of the unnecessary grind and 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 whatnot, which I think is is always going to be good. Uh, but I will just say again to you know end this part of it. I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm not. I don't think RPG open world mechanics or settings or anything like that really belong in a basketball game. That's just my opinion. But then does that indicate that we're in the upper end of the demographic and it's it's no longer aimed at us? No, because I think basketball is still basketball. Oh, sure. I'm sorry. You know, I think I still think that um, – I don't think a lot of kids want this, to be completely honest with you. I, I think that uh, these kids, from everything that I read in the feedback, um, you know, whether it be comments on Twitter and on forums and stuff like that, I, I believe that these kids today still want more of a streamlined experience, that it's still about the basketball and whatnot, and that they that they think even they think that a lot of this stuff is unnecessary. I think if you ask the large majority of people, um, if you ran a poll, maybe we should run a poll and try to get it more exposure. But if you, I think if you ran a poll and asked if some of these um, open world RPG mechanics, if people like them, um, or if that's part of the reason they purchase NBA 2K, I think that you would get a a heavy no. That's just that's yeah. Just that would be interesting opinion. to run a poll. It, Do some research. Yeah. It would be interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe we can run a poll, or maybe we can and maybe we can promote it or something like that. Because I really don't think that people jump on and buy NBA 2K for the open world RPG aspects of it. No, I, I have seen complaints about the neighborhood and the city and, and the basic concept of it, and from uh, people who have said that they're fairly young, you know, in, in late twenties or teens, so early twenties, late teens, whatever. So. It, it probably has an audience, but it would be interesting to find out just how popular it is. I mean, I mean, 2K can say that, well, everyone plays in the city, and but if, of course, if you want to play those modes, those online modes, you have to go to the city or the neighborhood anyway. So it's kind of like saying, the main menu is popular. Yeah, it boots up. Everybody, everybody goes to the main menu first. It must be very popular. You don't have much of a choice for it. So it's it's kind of a moot point. I'll say again. Yeah, I'll say again, I may, I could be wrong, and I mean, you know me, I'll, I'll fully admit it, that I'm wrong, but I don't think I am when it comes to the open-world RPG stuff. Well, we may not be as alone as we think we are. We're, we're not just grumpy old men. There's some uh, grumpy young people as well exactly. at the moment. But uh, it will be interesting to find out. But something that did catch my eye was the uh, there's going to be some matchmaking buildings have been added to the city. Not current-gen, so it doesn't sound like great matchmaking is coming to current-gen. Maybe wrong. Hopefully I am, because it, it really needs it as well. But there's going to be some matchmaking buildings where you can just head to in the city and you'll get into games quicker. Hopefully the matchmaking logic is actually logical. Hopefully it's not just, oh, there's people in the building, so let's put them all together. Hopefully it will be based on overall ratings and, and experience and, and average teammate grade. There's a lot of metrics they could use to make some fair matchmaking, and they should. And, and I know people don't like skill-based matchmaking because it they feel that it makes every game for elite players uh, too tough, when it makes it harder than casual uh, games. But there's so much toxicity in the online scene in 2K with elite players trying to feast on... And, and squads going into the wreck and feasting on randoms. The, the wreck is supposed to be for randoms getting together and organizing squads and impromptu squads. Uh, squads are supposed to go to Team Pro-Am. So there's so much toxicity there that some kind of matchmaking that allows people to level up at their pace is absolutely needed. I've been advocating this for ages. It remains to be seen whether this is exactly what we're going to get, but the fact that they're actually talking about matchmaking is promising. 
well, you know, I'm not going to do it. So you're going to have to tell me all about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I know you've been talking about matchmaking for a while. Um, it's obviously some proper matchmaking that, um, that's something that's sorely needed. So you'll have to tell me how that experience goes when you get into the game. Um, I'm sure that's one of the first things that you're going to try. Um, and I don't blame you. So you'll have to keep us posted and we can talk about it on the show. Yeah. I'm interested to see if they've actually done it properly or if it is just, Hey, this is just a, a quick way of getting to it. If it's just a shortcut to do the same kind of matchmaking quote unquote that they have already, it's, it's going to be a big disappointment, but the fact that they've said it, is uh, is promising but of course they've talked about better matchmaking in my team before that hasn't happened either uh, one last note about my team that i missed before uh, my team draft is back in the game that allows gamers to select from a pool of players for online multiplayer games as previously confirmed cross-gen progression and collection is available with the same console family we talked about that last week so look they are adding some new stuff hopefully the gameplay is going to be improved that they will be able to build on what they did last year Fix things with the shot aiming, which was very unpopular. All the polls have suggested that people don't like, or at least the way it was implemented last year. Hopefully they have taken that feedback on board. We know things are going to be 2K, right, Derek? We know there's going to be some pushy uh, recurrent revenue mechanics. We know that it's going to be designed a certain way. We know that there's going to be things in the developer blogs as they come out that are exaggerated, uh, sometimes maybe even to the point of being outright liars or deceptive. You know, it sounds slanderous to say, but we've, we've got receipts on this one, people. But that being said, look, I'll, I'll keep an open mind as always. And there's some stuff here that certainly sounds very promising, some stuff that's not really appealing to us or you know, people our age, or, or again, maybe people of all ages. But we'll see what comes in August and September. And of course, September 10th is when the games come out on all platforms. But the uh, nothing else, Derek, the preview season is officially underway. You know how a lot of this is forgiven? You know how a lot of the grind is forgiven? You know how, um, from gamers, uh, you know how a lot of the gambling mechanics and all of that stuff is forgiven? If sure. they have strong gameplay. I was going to say shoelace physics, but uh, yeah, that's... Sure, no, not shoelace. no not, not shoelace physics. However, that would help. But if, if the game has really strong gameplay and people love putting it on and getting their hands on the sticks and the, by default the game plays really well, a lot of that stuff is forgiven. That's the yeah, definitely, you definitely. Notice, um, yeah, you notice that when the games play well, um, and we've seen it, um, and we've seen those user scores for 2K17, 2K16, and whatnot, and granted the gambling mechanics weren't as bad, they didn't have the city and all of that stuff back then, but when those games were playing well and people were really enjoying their time on the sticks and you know using their player or the NBA teams and whatnot, there was just a lot more positive reception. Well, I mean, to that point, you look at the games we've been going back to, and not to harp on this because we've talked about it at length already earlier in the show but the games we've been going back to on fire edition jam 2010 nba live 10 these aren't perfect games they have their issues and when we go back and revisit them we are reminded of them we talk about the cheesiness of superstar difficulty when going up against the cpu and how it's borderline unfair it's not so much challenging from a basketball perspective it's just cheesy from what the cpu is throwing at us these games were not perfect but they're a lot of fun and recent games have been fun too. We've had our complaints in the last couple of years, but even as, as recently as 2K17, as you said, we've really enjoyed the games. So, and 2K17 wasn't perfect. I, I can name off the top of my head the, the cheap charging, the problematic charging calls in 2K17, but it was still a fun game overall. So I absolutely agree. You make a game that does resonate that way, that is fun on the sticks, that people can enjoy, 
if you're enjoying the game you as you said you can put up with the grind it becomes part of the it's less of a chore to do so yeah absolutely if it delivers on that front and the modes are solid and there's no real game breaking bugs it sounds like we're setting the bar low but but really it's what it comes down to we're just putting it simply if the game is fun and enjoyable then yeah we will overlook some flaws we'll still point them out but we're not going to really gripe and grouse about them and you will still enjoy the game despite it right exactly fingers crossed um i'm not expecting it though i'm still expecting that nba 2k22 pc is going to have that weird running you know like the hunched over running i have a feeling that the dribbling is still going to be warping and just feeling a little bit out of control i have a feeling the slow motion side by sides are still going to be there i have a feeling that um there's still going to be all of those canned moments uh the terrible feeling face-up game um the you know, trying to spin in the post and just going incredibly wide every time into a slow motion movement that sends you out of bounds. Like I'm still expecting, you know, the defensive AI ridiculous, you know, just run by them stuff. Uh, I'm still expecting that stuff to be there, but I do still have, you know, every year we hope, right? We have hope. And so I do have hope. Let's put it that way. And of course we will see what happens come August and September. Uh, first with the blogs, and then, of course, with the release of the game itself, which, again, you and I will be getting the games because we do create content and we are collectors. So hopefully we can put out some re- some detailed reviews and impressions and, and, and maybe create some sliders and do some other content like that. It's been a long time since I've done that kind of content, written reviews. I've obviously been talking about the games on the podcast in recent years, but it's been a long time since I've been doing my written reviews for all the other writing that I do and, and sliders and so forth. I'd love to get back with that content and, and really help out our fellow basketball gamers because that's something we've been doing you know a lot in the 25 years that the nlsc has been around we are celebrating our 25th anniversary next month and my 20th anniversary of running the site so yeah i would like to get back to some basics we need to get you back into doing video content too at some point we got to get you back into doing some video content because um you know you did some recent stuff with like making a mod which i thought was very interesting and, and people really enjoyed those videos um but you know, the video content can really stand out. And even if it's video content about your articles and and whatnot, um, or top 10 this or top 10 that, uh, I think that that really resonates with people. Uh, Your articles are top-notch, as we've talked about before, so it's really cool to read those. Uh, And it's nice to see that some of your recent ones got a little bit more attention as well. It's all down to timing, of course, and and of course time to to do the videos. But I, I do know how fun it can be, so... I'll give it a shot. Like I said, I want to do some old stuff, but definitely do some new stuff as well. And I've been trying to stay active too on, on like people know, I, I've been sending Andrew videos for the YouTube channel. I've been uploading to my YouTube channel, real basketball and virtual basketball. And then obviously both of us have been pretty active on Twitter. I'd like to say, uh, posting video content and content in general and everything. So yeah, I guess keep locked in. Is that what the kids say? Keep locked in, keep, keep locked. locked in, <laughs> keep it locked because it's lit up here in the NLSC. I just I want to throw up. Um, how, how, how comfortable, on a scale of 1 to 10, how uncomfortable do you feel saying lit? It's, it's straight fire. Now I feel incredibly, I feel incredibly dirty right now. It's an 8 or a 9 it's on that scale, yeah. I, I feel like I want to throw up. But, yeah, anyway, tune in to the, tune in to the NLSC. How about that? We definitely need to get some NBA Live 10 games going as well, because we have some more retro teams to play, including some possible... Uh, makeshift uh, decade all-stars that we could do that'd be fun as well and so we'll uh, we'll have to give it a go yeah i'm, I'm going to be into that uh and we've been splitting it up between on fire edition and nba live 10 and how nice is that from australia to an hour outside of boston absolutely cool. 
So I did want to mention uh, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks, who have won their first championship in uh, 50 years. Derek, and incidentally, that's the last time we got some news about NBA Live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not. Okay, so I am a little bit surprised because I predicted that Live 22 would come out. Um, but at the same time, is this dis- disappointment that we feel right now very surprising at all? No. Uh, no, all. no, it's not. Um, and is it the broken promises and the lies um, you know, and that's what I'm going to call them from EA sports last communication on their Twitter handle. Um, is that surprising? No, no, not at all. So at this point, it's just is what it is. And, um, we hope that another, you know, they come back at some point or that another competitor comes into the space and competes with NBA 2k. But yeah, I'm at this point, it's just blah and disappointing. It really is. And I've felt less optimistic the last couple of years. We had a whole show about it. The silence has been deafening, right? The fact that they haven't addressed it in any concrete form. You get some rumors here and there that there's someone's doing some mocap or, or someone signed with this. Even the NBA Live mobile account hasn't acknowledged that Giannis won a championship. And he is the cover player, as you recall, of uh, NBA Live mobile. So it, it just goes to show how much they're not even promoting the a, a pretty successful mobile game that they've had with NBA Live Mobile in recent years. So it, it really does speak volumes. I, I'm going to have an article on this coming out next week that uh, that basically says NBA Live deserved better, and it did. We deserve better with NBA Live because there's been a lot of people that have been very loyal to the brand, flying the flag for the brand, uh, being supportive of it, and saying, "Hey, look, we know that it's not where it needs to be, but we will support you. We want the we want competition. We want alternatives. We want a game that." brought us a series that brought us so much fun and joy and, and uh, entertainment on the virtual hardwood back in the day. We want it to be great again. We want to have that alternative to 2K and live has just not been able to capitalize. It's changed directions so many times. And again, I'll go into more uh, detail in my article with examples and whatnot, but just off the top of my head, you know, it's live has deserved better than having uh, people who with a football or hockey background being handed the keys to the game. Why was it handed to, to them? Why was NBA Live 07? It, it deserved better than NBA Live 07. Live 06 was a solid game on the sticks and with, with graphics-wise and everything, but it deserved better than launching without all that content and being such a, a weak launch because of that. It deserved better than NBA Elite 11. A lot better than NBA Elite 11. It deserved better than NBA Live 13. It deserved better than cancellations uh, and, and being mistreated and mishandled with changes in directions and bad ideas and Again, leadership of why is this going to somebody who's not a basketball mind deserved better than, than a community manager that was shutting out the old guard because he wanted to bring in his people. Again, people that didn't necessarily know this, the history of the series and were passionate about it, but they're influencers, so let's appeal to them. And, and we deserve better than that. We deserve better to be shut out. We deserve better to be left hanging. I mean, even if they wanted to come out and say, yes, NBA Live is done, we're just letting it go, I'd be disappointed. I'd eulogize it as I'm kind of doing in the article will be coming out on in Monday tip-off this coming week. But it would be finality. It would be closure. And we kind of deserve that because there's been a lot of people, us included, that have been very open-minded and supportive uh, of NBA Live uh, for, for good reason because it did give us a lot of joy back in the day. But the series deserved better and we deserve better. If there was ever a time for them to put their best foot forward, get the right people in place to make these games um you know the suits to make the right decisions all of that stuff it would be ever since nba 09 retired its series the nba you know the nba 09 nba 08 and it just became one versus one nba 2k versus nba live 
that would have been the time where they could really shine and put out consistent games and give people that second viable option. They only had one competitor this entire time over the decade, correct? One competitor in the basketball sim space, yeah. and they couldn't put out an effort every year. This would have been the time over the last decade where they could have imagine imagine not getting into a space where you only have to compete with one one person excuse me one company like it just blows my mind and for them to just keep putting it off for them to just keep canceling games for them not to put their best foot forward with an obvious um good situation for them to get back in there um and you know make some money and make some noise and all of that stuff it just blows my mind and it's just incredibly puzzling and at the same time disappointing uh i don't want to hear that they didn't have the money because we know that's not true i don't want to hear that there's not basketball minds that could have been part of the project that would have been willing participants as part of the project to make a basketball game to make a um you know a basketball game in these times because that's not true um this is a suits issue this is people at the top this is them causing this and they've been fumbling this series now for close to 15 years and it is wild and like you said if they were just to come out and say you know what we're retiring the series nba live is no more that would at least give some people some closure but i think that with some success that they did have in the past that they are trying to keep the name alive and keeping that window open. But what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Why are we two years now since NBA Live 19 and we're still not getting another release? Totally. Two to three years. So it's, it's just, it, it just, it's puzzling and disappointing and frustrating. And you touched on a couple of points there that really resonate with me. The suits. I mean, look, I don't feel sorry for EA Sports, the brand. They are a big corporation, they are making pr plenty of money other ways. There's been a lot of things that EA has done that we can certainly criticize uh, <laughs> for what they've done with other studios, acquiring them only to shut them down, what they've done with microtransactions in FIFA, Madden, whatever. Look, I I'm not asking people to shed a tear for EA. I'm not even asking people to shed a tear for NBA Live. But I do think it is unfortunate for NBA Live, the game and the people that worked on it and were talented and passionate, knowledgeable, and put all that effort into making it great back in the day, and, and wanted to make it great again uh, over the past 15 years, but were just stymied at every turn by the decisions that Suits made and, and not supporting it. So it, it deserved better. The people who are working on it and the people who love the game deserve better than what the Suits gave it, absolutely. And, and like you said at the top of the segment, it's not surprising. It's disappointing, but not surprising, basically. Right. Because we, we knew that... There was nothing planned. It wasn't in any of the financial reports. Uh, I wasn't expecting EA Play to surprise us with anything. I thought, oh, well, there's maybe an outside chance. You know, I'll never say never because I've been wrong about things before, but the chances were really not good. In fact, they didn't show any sports games at EA Play. So a lot of people are quite upset that it's it's not just NBA Live. It's, it's kind of everything. It's disappointing. It's not surprising. Seven, over 7 billion people on this planet. And you're telling me you can't put a talented team together to make a basketball game? Apparently. See my pro do you see my problem? Yeah. Like, uh, it's over 7 billion people on this planet, and you can't put together a group of talented individuals who know the game of basketball and who are good programmers that can put together a game? Why, why do we only have one option in 2021 for basketball sim? 
So it's and it, it's disheartening because it's at this point I think a lot of people are either accepting that it's dead or or at least getting to the point where saying well, we're not going to expect anything or really remain that optimistic until we actually get a reason to and we're not going to buy into these oh there's a listing in EA Madrid or a listing a listing for a community manager for an unnamed project or, or something to do with the EA Tiburon or something else or, or there's a hints of, of, of them doing some basketball mocap at uh, EA Canada so there's little things here that again hint at not killing the series not not bringing an end to the series but at the same time they're not really giving us much to give us hope or excitement to expect a, a future game so I've heard rumours that it was going to be free to play and that the NBA didn't want that and they've just kind of washed their hands of it. But again, if that's the case, say it. I mean, that's not good news. But then there's been a lot of bad news about NBA Live over the past decade in particular. So just let us know. Have that, that finality and that closure. I think that's what people would want because people have been very enthusiastic about it despite all the struggles. We know there's a lot of people on you know, NBA Live BR on, on Twitter. Uh, the Live King, Steve... Uh, so many people, you know, we're not the only ones that have uh, expressed an interest and supported the series in some way. And I think a lot of people have been shouldered out by a, a community manager that was there a couple of years ago. Uh, they, they took NBA Live in a what I think was a very silly direction with Live 19, made it a kind of a hybrid of, of street and, and live that didn't really live up to either series. Just a damn shame. You know what? If, NBA, if the NBA says that they don't want NBA Live 10... Excuse me, Live Live 10, it's on the brain. If they don't want NBA Live 22 to be free to play, then you may, you put a price tag on it. Because without the NBA, you don't have a game. You listen, you put a price tag on it. If you're already making a game or working on a game and the NBA says, hey, you know what? You know what? No, no we don't agree with the free-to-play model. If you're going to use our license, we want you to put a price tag on it. You put the damn price tag on it. Because without the NBA, you weren't going to have a game anyway. So the point is, is that they should have said... If that was the case, they said they should have said, "Okay, we will put a price tag on it," and then they end up trying to release a game. You don't scrap the series or scrap a product just because you don't get your way and can't make a product free to play that has that revolves around the damn NBA. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating. I know we've talked a lot about the the future of NBA Live and speculated on this and that, but this is, I mean, it's it's we can draw our own conclusions of finality and closure here, but. I want an announcement. We deserve that much. The NBA Live series deserves that much, that if it's going to be put out to pasture, uh, announce it, do the tributes, thank you for all the uh, support. And look, some people say, what, thank you for playing a game? You know what? Yeah. Because a lot of people have supported NBA Live over the years, and it would just be the classy thing to do, that if you're saying, okay, we're just going to get out of the basketball gaming space, we're going to retire our long-time series because we, we just don't have the confidence that we can compete with 2K, that we can bring it back to a level that we want then then say that say look you know we're getting out of the space thank you for the memories thank you for the support and, and we can say the same exactly um it's all of the silence and all of the i don't know jerking around basically i, I don't know how else to put it no it's absolutely. just it's, it's 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 like be transparent or retire it at this point um but yeah i you know we can hope that nba 2k22 is is solid and if it's not and we don't want to spend a lot of time on it, we have all of our classic titles that you and I will be spending time with. So that's good for us. I mean, it just sounds like we're going to play NBA Live 10 and the two jams from EA Sports for the foreseeable future. So, yeah. Hey, NBA Street Volume 3 is also very good. Or, Z, excuse me, NBA Street V3. So I'd like to get on the sticks with you on that as well. 
worth a try. And, and once I get these upgrades in, if the performance uh, improves between us, as we hope, then another world of possibilities. A hundred percent. So a lot to look forward to and, and people keep an eye out for that content. I, I was going to say, do we have something more positive to, uh, to end on this week? Um, how about this? There is an app called Parsec that allows you to connect with gamers all around the world. And you can play any game off of your desktop. You can play Xbox One games together, etc. And that is pretty awesome. How about that? There's a positive. That is pretty cool. You know what? Yeah, we'll run with that this week. But uh, you know, sometimes you got to cover the news, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But with the previous season looming, hopefully we'll get some good news about NBA 2K22, if nothing else. And if not, we'll, uh, we'll find something to play and to talk to you about it. Right. I do have one thing I want to ask you. Sure. So without a... Um, you know, like a mailbag segment really this week. Um, what would you say is your go-to and you can use a couple different video game titles. What would you say your go-to is for a quick exhibition game with, um, NBA video games, your go-to team or your go-to player? Uh, and for example, let's say you boot up, um, NBA 2K11. What's the team you're throwing on the floor? Um, who's your preferred player to throw on the floor, and why do you throw that team or player on the floor? Because I think this is very interesting, because my brother pointed this out to me. He said, you know, I noticed that whenever you put on a game, you throw Kobe on the floor almost 100% of the time. It's because Kobe's really fun to use in video games, so I'm always throwing the Lakers on the floor usually when for Kobe's years and whatnot. And in the recent years, I really enjoy Zion Williamson, overall and brandon ingram so i'm throwing the pelicans on pretty much every single time i throw a game on and just want to jump into a quick exhibition and revisit the game what is that for you well the last couple of years with uh what i've got a new nba 2k game since they brought back the all decade teams i've actually played uh 90s all-stars versus 2000s all-stars and i play with 90s and, and michael jordan yeah see there you go um i was thinking more current teams um, but that also, you know, like you said, decade teams, all-time teams, classic teams, all of that stuff that um, comes into play as well. Now, I know you're a Bulls fan, so is that something that, in the past, that's usually the team that you throw on? Yeah, in, in the, well, usually, or definitely in the years when they've been good or competitive, or at least a playoff team, I, I've, they've been my one of my first choices, if nothing else. But I, I probably tend to play a lot of classic teams these days when i do play exhibition because it's it's something that i can't play well i know i can play with them in my league or my nba these days but i I usually play with current real teams in those modes or i play my team so i'm probably using classic teams i might use the bulls or 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 i might just use uh uh, defending champions and their uh, and the runner-up all right i'm gonna i'm gonna give a game and what's your gut as far as the team that you would throw on the floor immediately nba live 2004 2004 um Probably Bulls. I probably would go Bulls, yeah, because it's got some young... Even in 2004? Oh, oh yeah, well, you like that Bulls team. Yeah, never mind. That was your... You really enjoyed that Bulls team. Um, well, I'm going to give one more here, because I think this is very interesting, um, what, what people's go-to teams are, even if it's just for a quick exhibition game. Um, how about NBA Live 06? Bulls? De- oh, definitely Bulls in 06. Two- 2004 might be... Uh, it might be the Mavericks. It might be the Mavericks, because, of course, then you can use the uh, the classic trash bag jersey. And what about NBA 2K13? Uh, 2K13 uh, might be the Thunder, Durant and Westbrook. There you go. See, and that's what I mean. That's uh, that's why I think it's really interesting. 
interesting. So you're, you throw on NBA 2K13 with um, Durant and Westbrook because not only are is that an exciting team and super exciting two players to use, but the game mechanics work for those guys in that game, right? Like when yes. you use Kevin Russell Westbrook and NBA 2K13, that right stick dribbling and all the moves that you can make stand out. And I think that the mechanics play a factor in two in the, in the, in the team that you choose. For example, on NBA 2K15, sometimes um, my, my go-to is either the Lakers or the Heat. And the reason why I use the Heat on NBA 2K15 is because it is so fun to use Dwayne Wade in that game because of the way the dribbling works and the, the, the wide crossovers and how his signature shot feels and the dunks you can do with him at the hoop and all of that stuff. So it's, for me, it's the heat and the Lakers. Um, so yeah, see, I, I find that incredibly interesting to I see was, what teams, what to throw I, I was just thinking, uh, 2k 14 and I'll, I'll get your responses in a sec, but either the, uh, Lob City Clippers or the champion Spurs, because of course, uh, Patty Mills had that great, uh, game five performance in the uh, 2014 finals. So when I, if I fire up 2k 14, uh, I'll often play a, a Spurs versus heat game, which is the default matchup again. But I do like playing with those Spurs. Yeah, that's another, um, the Lob City Clippers, that's another team that my brother notices I put on. And he always jokes around that I should use Chris Paul for a season because I'm always dominating with him when I put them on. Like, I just, I, I play really well with Chris Paul. Um, but yeah, it's just fun throwing, you know, the game mechanics support it. And it's fun, you know, running pick and rolls and throwing lobs to Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Um, it's fun doing snatchback dribbles with Chris Paul into mid-range shots and all of that stuff and doing drives with him so and then obviously those teams also have jamal crawford who's fun to use in basically every video game um just because he's jamal crawford and because his game is so pleasing um etc so yeah um I, I think the game mechanics often go with the team too they, they factor into the team that you want to put on the most in a classic arcade game who would you pick in nba jam tournament edition Whew. i usually pick the celtics that, that's a strong um, team, especially once you get the expanded roster, because then, then you've got Neek and uh, Xavier McDaniel. And D. Brown. Yes. Right. And I usually put D. Brown and Neek on the floor. Um, so, and obviously there's some Celtics. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Celtics at the time, uh, growing up an hour, an hour outside of Boston. And the fact that I was so happy when the Celtics got Neek, even though it didn't work out 100%. Uh, and D. Brown was my favorite player growing up. So, yeah, that's my go-to for NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Of course, you've got Dino Raja, at least in some versions of the game, has a nine for three-pointers for some reason. Um, I don't think he hit a single three in his career in the NBA, but nevertheless, it was uh, one of those oddities. The uh, Charlotte Hornets in Jan Torn edition with Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson, that is a good duo, and Muggsy Bogues is still pretty good too. And I, I believe uh, in, the, in the PC version, Kendall Gill is on that team because they swapped him and Hersey Hawkins because the, the trade went through just before the lockout and it has updated rosters as of the, the draft, but not the draftees, but uh, with that draft day trade or round about the draft trade. So Hawkins is the unlockable player for the Sonics that year. Sonics is also pretty good with, with Kemp and Payton. Uh, the, those Rockets with Olajuwon and Drexler, uh, they're the top of the ladder, as you would expect, and, and they're very strong. Um, oh, there was another team that, that was always like... Spurs, Spurs are pretty good with Rodman and, uh, and David Robinson, and, and Sean Elliott, of course, back on in uh, San Antonio. Uh, some, some very good squads. But, of course, if, if nothing else, you want to play with the rookies or the All-Stars once you unlock them. Right, yeah. I mean, Cleveland was strong, too, with Price and Nance. Uh, Price, um, uh, Price and Doherty in that uh, And Doherty. Yeah. Uh, in turn, didn't they have Nance, though, or was that Hot Rod? 
Uh, that would have been it would have been Hot Rod. Yeah, Nance was retired by the time. Yeah, it was okay. So it was Hot Rod. Yeah, it was Mark Price, uh, Brad Doherty, and Hot Rod. Um, the Pacers had, if I remember correctly, uh, Chuck Person, right? Uh, he um, would have. He was. Uh, he was like, uh, rich, yeah, he's he's San Antonio yeah. by tournament edition ninety five. Yeah. Yeah, but in the original NBA Jam, he's on the Pacers. He is. Yeah. 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 I got to go look at those rosters again. It's been a while for me. The funny thing is we look at some of those those games and the default order of players is really weird. Sometimes the players you unlock, but even just the players that are available immediately. Hang Time has got some really weird combinations, default combinations for, I think, the Timberwolves, you would think, okay, uh, the Hang Time has been updated as of the 97 season, which is the Nintendo 64 version. You would think, oh, the default uh, players for the Timberwolves are, would be KG and Marbury, right? Right. Instead, I believe it's Cherokee Parks and Doug West. Well, does Cher- Cherokee Parks also have a nine on three? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't think he does. But <laughs> but this is there's just some weird combinations. And of course, the the Marbury and Gunnett are there to be to be selected. But the the default two that you select that that come up when you go on the team selection screen for some of them are very strange. And of course, there's that weird issue in uh, Jam Torn Edition on PC where. Kevin Edwards has Blue Edwards' portrait that I somehow missed for in the PC version only for twenty plus years. It was a very weird, <laughs> very weird oversight that I, I just noticed one day um, a couple of years ago, and then wrote an article about. But yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to think of those teams that we just throw on when it's quite often it is the Bulls for me, especially if they are competitive or a classic Bulls team in in two K now or a decade All Stars. But yeah, I, I suppose I do have my favorites here and there. And a ninety ninety I might even play with the uh, with the Suns or the Mavericks. You know, it's what's fun is when you go back and revisit those games, and I've done this before. If you put on like NBA two K seven or something like that, um, you almost gravitate to like the Supersonics. Yes, because yeah, because there's so much nostalgia there, and you know you got Ray Allen with the Supersonics, and um, you know, Richard Lewis and it's the jerseys and the court and stuff. So sometimes when I, like, I think when I got, because I have NBA 2K7 for the console, but I got it for the emulator as well. So I could play it on my PC. The first team I put on when I put on NBA 2K7 was the Supersonics. I, so. I, I have noticed that, that I'll, that I'll often get the Supersonics either as an opponent or as the, the, uh, the team that I play with, which I think it was 06 that I did that, that game with. 06, uh, the Ma- Magic versus uh, Sonics, I believe. I, I think that's what I did. And I was pretty sure I was the Sonics in that game. I needed to record that one. I, I wasn't thinking of doing it at the time. But I, I do do that. Uh, even the, the New Jersey Nets, and obviously the Nets are still in the league in Brooklyn, but the fact that New Jersey is what I knew them as from when I got into the NBA, uh, I, I kind of oddly nostalgic for the New Jersey Nets rather than the Brooklyn Nets and some of those jerseys that they had, which I always liked, especially the ones they introduced uh, in the late 90s and had through pretty much to uh, when they became the Brooklyn Nets. And actually, when I go back and play those games, I'm find my, finding myself using, and I've been doing this in Live 10 a lot, uh, either using the retro jerseys or even the alternate jerseys, which are now retro jerseys, but they were the current uh, alternates at the time. And it's funny because I, I feel like there's too many alternate jerseys with the new nomenclature these days and the city and the earned and everything else and the icon and association and all the new nomenclature that we've uh, talked about before. I feel that they wear their alternate jerseys or what would used to be considered alternate jerseys way too much these days and yet when i go back to these old games i seem to be obsessed with the alternate jerseys from the uh the mid 2000s through to the mid 2010s that's because there's one as opposed to like five 
True. Like yeah. today. And I also think that um I also think they're more stylish and look better actually for some of the classics. One of the things too that I do is um you know, for NBA two K seven is I put on the Charlotte Bobcats on the floor. Mm. Um yep. and I put them in their or in those orange jerseys and whatnot. <laughs> and Walter yeah. Her- Walter Her- Herman and um and whatnot Matt and Carroll. And Gerald Wallace, right? Uh, Matt Carroll and, and and whatnot. And you, you're using those guys, and you're using them in those jerseys and stuff. And there's just something about it, right? Um, so a lot of times I'll throw a team like the Bobcats on the floor first. It's funny that our, our nostalgia's kind of moved. I mean, I have a lot of nostalgia for the '90s, of course, and I know that you've been on a bit of an '80s kick with some of the real game footage that you've been watching lately. But uh, yeah, it's funny how we're kind of in that nostalgic uh, mid to late 2000s stage at the moment. It's enjoyable. It's just really enjoyable to um, go back and watch. I, like, I posted Antonio McDice highlights today. Um, it was actually Grizzlies versus Nuggets, but he had 46 points in the game. And it's from 1999, and I'm watching McDice move, and I'm just like, wow, what a player. And he only made one all-star team in his career, and you know he only had like five or six truly healthy seasons in his young prime. But, boy, basketball was great, wasn't it? It certainly was. We really, we really enjoyed it. That's why we uh, also enjoyed the, the real sport, obviously, and the, the virtual equivalent as well. But uh, we're still playing the virtual equivalent one way or the other, so we will continue to do that and to come in here each and every week to, uh, to talk to you about it. But I suppose with that being said, with our week in basketball gaming discussed and the news covered that has brought us to the end of episode number 385 of the NLC podcast, thank you for joining us for another show about basketball gaming. We hope you enjoyed it. The NLC podcast comes out every week on the NLC, of course, which is mb-live.com. We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, to name just a few on those platforms. Search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. And of course, please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. But as we always say, as long as you're tuning in each and every week and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. And since we are wrapping up here, Derek, what are your socials and any other final words for our listeners this week? Oh, thanks for tuning in again to the NLSC podcast. Uh, you can tune into Holding Court with D for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addicts, CLNS Media, Amazon Audible, etc., where we talk real hoop. Um, you can reach me on Twitter, where I'm the most active at D for 384. I'm on the NLSC, uh, D for 3. I've been active on my YouTube, D for 3, as well, uploading real NBA footage and virtual NBA fo- basketball video game footage etc um i'm also on instagram um d for 384 definitely follow d on those platforms and follow me as well i am on twitter at andrew nlsc and once again i am andrew in the forum we also invite you to connect with the nlsc on social media as well we are the nlsc on twitter and facebook on instagram we are nlsc basketball our youtube is youtube.com slash live series center and of course keep it locked to the nlsc itself mb-live.com for everything we do for basketball video games But yes, that is all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.